Verulam Sports. Hello again and welcome to Verulam Sport Podcasting. This is Tony Rice. A very excited Tony Rice because I love this time of year. I think it's important. We've been long time banging the drum for the importance of equality in sports. And when better than International Women's Day to really uh, give that more focus to explain about her sporting journey now and also to put us in the picture about an exciting programme with our friends at Kickoff at 3 coming very soon. We're delighted to be joined by Georgia Martin. Georgia, good evening. How are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Doing really well, thank you, God. I mean, goodness me, it's weird old times, but yeah, no grumbles. Absolutely, it's very weird. Georgia, of course, uh, we're talking uh, on the cusp and in the run-up to an inclusive, of course, of International Women's Day, uh, March the 8th. Talk to me just first of all about your sporting journey and some of the challenges maybe that uh, you were faced as a woman in, 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 your, in your developmental process. So my swimming journey, well, my athletic journey has, was always swimming mainly. Um, I started that, you know, when I was very, very young. And I got, when I was 11, I got a swimming scholarship down to go to a boarding school in Devon, um, Kelly College. And I swam there for about five years. Um, and then I got, you know, I was regional summarized like national events. I, I really wanted to make it. I've always been so passionate about sport mm-hmm. and had the Olympic dream from so young. I was like, I want to go to the Olympics. My parents were amazing. My dad has yeah. never missed an event to this day. Um, so I had all the support there, but then my ro- my swimming coach at the time, um, I kept on suffering just my shoulder, just kept on getting, right. uh, just kept on getting injured and I was constantly rehabbing, which was actually <laughs> kind of, um, what happened in rowing as well, but I just kept on hurting my shoulder and I wasn't going anywhere, but my, um, swimming coach realized I looked a lot like his niece who okay. was in the GB rowing time. So it was like, do you know what? I'm going to get your test. I'm going to A, train you up on the indoor rowing machine. And he trained me for 12 weeks, where from then I went to the British Indoor Rowing Championships. And so this was December 2015. Okay. Um, so just before the new year, 2016. So I was 15 years old and I turned up to this event after 12 weeks of rowing. That was it. I had no idea what it was before then. And I came second, um, but we... We got like the British record, both of us, but obviously wow. the world set it, set it. Um, so I then, after started, well, I, I got approached by the GB Rowing um, Start Programme, which is basically, GB Rowing just made a development programme called the GB Start Programme to develop the next generation of athletes. Um, I think 50% of the London 2012 team yep. came through from this programme. So it works. It was just an incredible opportunity, what he was offering. So... From there, I, um, I actually moved back home to Gloucestershire, okay. where I rode under GB Start at Hartbury College for two years. And that was kind of where, well, my first year was when I was like, wow, I, I could make this. I, I could actually make the Olympics. After a year of rowing, I won Henley Royal Regatta, which is a very wow. prestigious in the UK, and represented England in quads, so four of us girls. And I was like, wow, you know, this is okay. So started looking at potential. I got scholarship offers to America and um, because they're obviously big in rowing. Yeah. And then but I'd always wanted to go to Bath my whole life. Anyone who's ever known me from when I was Bath, I don't know what it is about it. They were, I always was like, I'm going to go to Bath University. Um, and I was like, oh, when I was swimming, when I stopped swimming, I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get into Bath anymore because 
I'm not an athlete and I'm not that active. I wasn't academically amazing. Uh-huh. So it's such a good university. I'm not going to get in. And then I found rowing and I was like, Oh, am I getting <laughs> so- I, love, I love the fact that you uh, had that focus, but also were able to sort of maneuver things. That's the key, isn't it? Because so many people, I think this uh, applies again, in the unique way to, to women kind of have barriers that we put up in our heads and then that becomes almost a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? But what's yeah. inspiring there, uh, Georgia, is that you show us that uh, we can adapt, we can pivot, and there's always ways. There's always a way. And my mum, my mum's always been very good at that. I mean, she's always from a young age, she does careers advice now at school. Right. So from a young age, she's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Because obviously being a woman in sport, being an athlete is not enough. Mm. I mean, now football potentially for women, is the only opportunity I could potentially see that you could actually make a career in that, mm-hmm. in it without having to have another job. But I mean, for swimming, rowing, anything else, it, it's not a career. It, mm. it hasn't been equal and it, it, it's going the right direction. You know, yeah. tennis and everything. But mum was always like, you need to have another career option. So for me, it was always, I wanted to join the army. And okay. um, then I actually I went to university, went to Bath and realized actually the army is not one of the, one of what I want to do. And so actually it links in quite well because I, I started, I, my back got really, like my back and my hip were my injuries right. and they were about two and a half year long, three years injuries. Cause no one just really, I had all these scans and I obviously had like medical insurance and everything being nasty. And I had physios coming out my ears and opinions mm. left, right and center. And it was just a very, it was a really horrible, challenging time. Mm. Um, it's really dark with sport. Even though I knew I wanted to go into the army or something, I was mm. like, well, what if I can't pass the medical? What if I'm too injured? Yeah. I was in serious pain. I was like, this could affect my whole future. Um, but I eventually, literally before the last lock, uh, before the first lockdown got my answers and was in surgery straight away my injuries got really bad but in this when I first went to Bath University I saw the psychologist um because I so I have this thing as a woman I think as well mental health it's great great now but it was always a bit of a taboo Absolutely. and it wasn't my, my household and when I was at school and so I was you know, really struggling with my injury, but I was like, I'm not going to get counselling. I'm, I'm not mm. going to therapy. I, I can't do that. It will affect my life. And then when someone was like, well, you have all these other coaches, a nutritionist, a psychologist, oh, a, a, a body, uh, you know, S&C coach, a rowing coach. Why don't you have a brain coach? And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that kind of makes sense, doesn't it, really? Yeah. As like you, you rightly say, there are these taboos, even now. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I just think uh, one day, uh, we will get to the place where we understand that health is health, whether that applies to one's mental well-being and uh, the physicality of it, as you know ever so well. But at the moment, if you even mention sort of mental health uh, matters, people will still raise a quizzical eyebrow. But credit to you for you know joining the dots and making that connection. And then how did things progress when you did seek that support? So I, I, first of all, I turned, I was like, you know, hi, hi, Je- uh, he's what his name was at the uni. And I was like, I'd really like to have a chat because I didn't really know how to go about this because yes. it's he's a sports psychologist. So at Bath, it's, I don't know if you know much about it, but it's a sports university. Mm. It's, you know, legacy left, right and centre. I, I have the privilege to go into the athlete lounge and 
you've literally got Olympians ne- like yeah, next to you. Yeah. It's an extraordinary place. And that's why I always wanted to go there. For me, sport is Bath University. Um, and so I was like, right, I'm just going to maybe email him. A couple of my other teammates actually recommended him. When I first started, they were like, why don't you see James? You've been through a lot with your injury. Yeah, Just see him. He's great. So I, I spoke to I sat down. And first thing he, you know, we go, hi, hello, how are you? And he was like, what's your identity? And I was like, I'm a rower. He was like, what do you mean? He was like, what else do you like to do? And I was like, I, I row. He said, no, but you must have something else. And I was like, no, no, because I was told and at Hartbury, if you're, I can't do anything but row. The only way I'm going to get to the Olympics is if I, yep. I'm just a rower. I wasn't allowed to do CCF or any army stuff that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't really have, you know, a huge amount of friends and social life because I was told that was going to affect my, my rowing career. So he, I, he kind of brought all this up and he was like, you need to do something else. Mm. What if you don't make it? What if you're, you need to also something else to think about. You can't just be an athlete. And I've seen this firsthand. One of my best friends was just an athlete. Yeah. And she's um, clinically depressed. Yeah. You know, because all she had to think about was, was sports and you need, you need other things. As brilliant as sport is when okay. you're in it, it's so competitive <laughs> and it's pressure and stress opportunities. Left, of right, course. and center. Incredible but it's very high. It's taxing on you. Um, so he basically told me that I need to do something else that I love to create multiple identities. Athletic identity isn't enough. And so I joined the UOTC, which is the university officer training corps. It's like the army. Army cadets. It's like adult cadets basically. It's brilliant. I love it. The opportunity, I mean, I got paid to go Malta scuba diving. It just, it's great right up my street. And there I found myself creating this whole new identity with the army. The, I wasn't knowing Georgia. I was Georgia to them. Just I was army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, had, I did a podcast uh, with a guy called Billy Shaw, who mm. was a former uh, English, European, Commonwealth, and ultimately world champion boxer. He's now yeah. quite well known on the quote-unquote life coaching circle. And he's very open about this. He had exactly the same thing. He literally had an identity crisis uh, when, he, when his career was over because all he'd known from, from six, seven was, you know, I want to be a boxer, then I want to be a, a champion boxer, then I want to be world champ. But then obviously it is a finite career. What happens next? And he, he, he was in torment. He's very open about it. He went to the lowest of the lows before he was able to re-examine yeah as you say who georgia is in your context who billy was for him it could be all of us it could be any of us it applies to us so many but it is isn't it if you just focus in focus is important you're never going to achieve elite status without it but if you're sacrificing uh the 360 of your own well-being then something's going to give at some point isn't it yeah, and exactly. And, you know, I study sport. I study sports performance at uni and we study the transition out of sport and it's very dark. I mean, it got dark enough with me with multiple identities, you know, without them. I mean, you, you, you don't know. It will, it's That's horrible, it. you know, end of sport because sport is, oh, you know, I do the work with kickoff and it's just really relive my passion for it. I, I yeah. work with kids and they love sport and it, I just see how important it is it's just the benefits are just coming out of their ears. It, it's great. Um, but yeah, from, from UOGC, I, I then made friends and I had this friendship identity and I started then at university and I had friends on my course. And I also had this 
academic identity, something that I never really had before. I've never been great academically. Uh-huh. I, I, I've just always been the athlete. I, I passed my exams. I did everything, but I never really loved education. And I'm now at a point in my life where I'm able to study what I'm interested in. I'm studying youth crime and how that sport can help. And I, and I've come into my own, but it's sport enabled me to access this sport has enabled me to access my future without it I wouldn't have these opportunities without sport I you know I probably wouldn't be here right now speaking to you I I almost said definitely wouldn't have thought about a career in the police or anything outside of the army because when I stopped sport I sat down and I was like right I'm fixed I'm lucky enough that my injury Mm -hmm. could be fixed and I have the rest of my life Mm -hmm. what do I want to do and I loved the OTC, but I realized the army wasn't actually for me. Mm-hmm. My cousin was a police officer. So I was like, I want to, this is what I want to do. I, I love this. I love talking to him. Um, but it just enabled my, and my degree as well. My, this passion behind education, I, it's changed my life in so many ways and given me so many avenues. And I think these messages that you've lived and uh, really appreciate your passion and how candid you are uh, is, is so critical. And I think very pertinent on International Women's Day, because again, as a, as a young woman, these are your lived experiences, but they apply to us all, don't they? Again, it's about uh, realizing just indeed what we are capable of when we find that spark whatever it might be um whether it is sport and obviously a massive passionate fan of it it's uh, very much an armchair uh supporter and broadcaster <laughs> uh or you know whether it's through the arts a business um you know music whatever it is when you get that spark and then you realize you push boundaries you then realize that okay if i did it in x then it may not be the same in Y, but I could at least try Y, which maybe I wouldn't have considered a few years ago. And that's really, I don't know, one of the keys, isn't it, I suppose, is to really be willing to embrace and then just see how far we can go. And also, you know, as, as a woman, um, I've always been quite, I've always been quite confident outgoing. Um, and I think, you know, there, there was at school, you know, you, you, I got in trouble for being loud and confident sometimes, but actually, you know, with this, I'm so grateful I was, and you know, even though I got in trouble and, you know, well, sometimes, I mean, I'm talking a little slap on the wrist. But just, you know, it's, but sport, it's all relative. It's all relative. Yeah, sport gives you this opportunity to just express yourself. Yeah. You know, you're with your team environment and, mm-hmm. and you're around other like, like-minded women. And I think, you, you know, sometimes in school, you might not, you don't fit in. And I, I know for the kids I work with, with their classrooms, sometimes they feel they don't fit in, but then they go to their extracurricular clubs, their football clubs or dance clubs, and they come into their own. They're yeah. in their bubble of people. Yeah. And it, it's just such a community. And it, and it, oh, you know, it hasn't been the easiest of journeys. I haven't made it. You know, I'm not an Olympic athlete. But the lessons you learn from sport are still the same and they stay with you forever. And just everyone should get the opportunities for them, which is why, you know, my work with Sum Off at Three, Kick Off at Three, uh, it's just, oh, it's just me, <laughs> you know? It's just so important. All the lessons I've ever lived, yeah. everyone has to experience them. Georgia, I love that. And I tell you what, we've been a long-time supporter of uh, Kick Off at Three and all their various different guises. Um, they unite communities, they inspire um, they provide opportunities for voluntary action and activity 
and Michael Wallace and team are just uh, beyond compare, really, and all voluntary. I don't know how they find the energy to do it, but I love them for it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's exciting. And I know, obviously, there your wonderful sporting journey began initially with that passion for the pool. And we are talking swim off at three. Obviously, not yet here because we're still working back towards quote-unquote normality. But give us an idea of what we can expect from Swim Off at Three. Um, so Swim Off at Three is um, a new initiative running off back off Kick Off at Three. But this is, Kick Off at Three was more on youth crime. Yeah. And it was helping kids, you know, get off the street and target their energy. But this was created because 95% of black adults can't swim. And that, because that is a very uh, kind of yeah. quite stark stat, isn't it? Oh, I know 95% of black people, black adults, can't swim. And it's 80 or 88%, so I can't remember off my head, um, black children can't swim. And that's not okay. You know, I was on um, the Black Swimming Association call the other day, mm-hmm. and I, the statistics are somewhere on me, but, you know, the depri- some of the deprived areas which are um, more black people live in mm-hmm. are one kilometre away from water and mm-hmm. they have more drownings there than ever. So it, it all links and it's that complete unnecessary death. Yeah. Learning how to swim, it's, it's everything. It's, swimming shouldn't be a privilege. It, Indeed. Swimming should just be something everyone's able to do. And this is something to break the taboo because also, um, uh, what's the, the film? Blacks Can't Swim, the new film um, done by Ed on Netflix. Look that up because that's a great film to watch because it just gives you an insight also into some of the reasons why people Mm, don't mm. swim black women with their hair. I mean, why hasn't there been a hair, a swimming hat being invented for black women's hair for that specific type of hair? I don't know. (laughs) That that should have been that should have been done. We Stuff can like put this. a man on the moon, for goodness sake, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, and they should, you should yeah, <laughs> be worried about your hair and stuff like that. And also the whole, the myth around um, black people can only sprint and yeah. they can't do long distance sports. I mean, that's still a, a myth that is floating around now and kids are being grown up to believe. I had a conversation about it the other day. It's, it's, it's research has proven it's not true, but we still think it is true. And it's just not. So that's what this program, this, um, the Sum of It 3 is all about, is just increasing the diversity in swimming, which is actually linking in to um, potential role for three as well. Um, you know, I'm very passionate about this because there are not enough black athletes in swimming and rowing in particular. They're my sports, that's what I know about. I yes. know it's probably the same for a few others. But in the GB rowing team right now, there's one black athlete, Kira. Mm. And in GB in GB swimming, they're about to have their first ever. Well, but hopefully in the next Olympics or Paris twenty twenty four, their black first ever female Olympic swimmer who's doing marathon swimming, and it, that shouldn't be the case. Yeah. It's great that they're going to be the firsts, but they shouldn't be the firsts. But the thing and- is, as well, this is one of the things where these myths perpetuate, isn't it? Because whilst there's a myth at a young at lay level, a grassroots level, whilst that stat of 95% of adults aren't uh, able to swim, so you're not getting even initially yeah. that family kind of role model support, the next level is you look for the stars, don't you? And if you don't see them, then again, you assume wrongly that this isn't for me and so the cycle perpetuates and the only way is to change that cycle is through education 
and through phenomenal projects like this, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's hopefully going to create a whole new generation of role models because bless them, these two athletes who I spoke about, they're going to be the first black female athletes in their sport to you know, get to the highest level. They can't have all this on them. This can't be for them to change. They're busy enough being an Absolutely. Athlete. This is for other people to change. And, you know, it's also life and death. It comes down to that as Indeed. well. It's or drowning. It, it's so important. But it, it's just fun as well. And with um, UK Sport, I've recently announced that um, I'm actually studying it right now and where the rowing comes into it, that for programmes to continue on their funding and to keep getting... Um, you know, the high level of support they do, they need to start increasing their diversity in sports. For years, the mindset about sport has been winning. You will yeah. do what you can to win. And in rowing, I think that's meant, you know, well, I'm just going to recruit from private schools then because they can already row. Why would I bother to recruit from somewhere else and make my life hard when I've got great athletes there? But now Catherine Granger has announced, mm -hmm. the you know, head of UK sport, that this is, this needs to happen now. Sport needs to mimic society, Indeed. you know, like everything else needs to. And sport is such a culture for the, for the UK. Yes. If sport can start to reflect society, maybe everything else can follow. So that's, you know, that's also, a, I've got um, great contacts with GB Rowing with the Start um, Development Programme. And that's where this starts, grassroots. Yes. So we're hoping that GB Rowing is going to come along to these swimming events and kick off, and kick off at three events. And they're going to test athletes there so that these athletes can get the opportunities to start rowing, you know, and start swimming. Swimming and rowing are massive uh, money pools in America where they love to offer full scholarships. Yep. These are things that the kids and the communities we're talking about will never, they won't even know of, let alone dream of getting That's these. It. And these are things that can happen very, very easily. If they have the capabilities to pull a good erg, they don't even need to get in the rowing, in the rowing boat and row. They can get a full scholarship to America purely just on like rowing on the rowing machine. How crazy I is that? Hey, um, unless until you try something, uh, whatever that something may be, your answer will always be, I don't know, and I don't know, and, and therefore no. But give it a whirl, whatever it is, give it a whirl, and you may that fall in love with it. You may well find that you've just got a natural aptitude for it. Look, I mean, just from a slightly different context, um, but I'm sure you'll know this very, very well, particularly given from International Women's Day perspective. Britain's recent success in female luge, I find astonishing. But again, that's a reflection of, I think, uh, ex-rowers or certainly something of that along those lines were identified as they could well have transferable skill sets to work in luge. And um, off the top of my head, I can't recall the names, but I know for consecutive Olympic um, Winter Olympics, we've won gold, and I think it's been three straight in female luge. And again, that will inspire, but the point's very, very simple. If that hadn't been identified, if that wasn't given again an opportunity, that would never have happened. And I just find this brilliant, and I think this is really fantastic. Where can we learn more? So you can learn more from um, the Sum Off at Three website and also the Kick Off at Three website. We're doing lots of press recently. Um, and yes, I, I think it's actually Sum Off at Three.com, Kick Off at Three. But, you know, it's just, it's having a go. And we also understand that something can be scary. It's water. Yeah. Not everyone likes it. And that's why these events, it's more of like, you know, it's going to be a water festival. It's going to be fun. We have live music at the Kick Off at Three. Michael gets Nando's down. And, you know, it's going to be a whole event. And it, it's, you know, 
black people, white people, every aspect, just learn how to swim. And it's just going to be fun. It's, it's going to be so fun. And this just whole event, it's, it's so relevant right now, you know, Indeed. with what UK sports are saying, this change needs to happen now. And how great that a program like Swim Off at Three is happening now, because this is where the change starts. And it's, it's, hap- it's happening. It can happen. It truly yeah. can. You've lived it yourself in your own world. And your passion for this, I know, is uh, just shining through. And I just know from working closely with Michael Wallace and team over the years that their passion for those key aspects are absolutely at the forefront. And tell you something, I could barely wait. I'm definitely going to get on in the pool and get my uh, my little doggy paddy, paddy little styly on and uh, enjoy the festivities. It will be a carnival, no questions about absolutely. that. Absolutely. Hey, check out www.kickoff3. That's kickoff83.co.uk. Uh, there's a whole heap of information there. Plus, there'll be loads about the upcoming swim off at three events. And watch this space. I think if George has got anything to do with it i'm sure it's going to happen there will be soon a row off at three as well george is there anything in closing that you'd like to just remind us of or just a a final message yeah i just you know this is around international women's day as much as anything and it's just encouraging young women to get out there you know just trying to be you know the next generation of role models and get out there and try sport it's really hard in the current climate and you know we're not taking that away from anyone this Mm. has been really really hard so like now, as we're getting out of it, just the time to try everything and anything and dream big, dream bigger than, you know, anyone's ever done before. Like my kids at the moment, you know, she's seven. She's, she's going to be the first ever black female prime minister. Go for it. Absolutely. Here, here, watch this space. I love that. I absolutely love that. And Georgia, I've truly loved enjoying your company. Uh, <laughs> you continue to be an absolute beacon of hope. And I know that Swim Off at Three will be a mega success. And I'm looking forward to, like I say, getting my little uh, splash on to uh, enjoy the fun too. But uh, keep well, keep safe. And I wish you and yours every continued joy and success. Thank you for your time. Thank you.